1: <laughs> Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I'm thrilled that you guys are here with us today. If you have ever wanted to figure out how to either start a business, add more money to your existing business, or anything in between, um, we are diving deep into this topic today with uh, with none other than my esteemed co-host, who uh, who has a tremendous amount to share. Normally, he's very quiet on the show. I have to wear a back brace from doing all the heavy lifting. But today, he has promised to come out of his shell and give you guys the gold. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, please welcome the one, the only bearded wonder from the United Kingdom, Mr. Dean Holland. Hey. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> We're here. <laughs> How are we doing, Mr. James? Excellent, man. So, uh, so we have, uh, We have a lot in store for people today. Yes. Well, hopefully so. Well, we'll see. You've promised. We'll we'll see. I'm about to just shut my camera and mic off and see what glorious wonder you have in store for us. Uh, But you know, one of the uh, one of the things that you and I have been talking about a lot lately is, you know, we have really awesome guests on the show, and we talk about you know different perspectives, different strategies, different tactics, like all these different things. But we really haven't unpacked something that you put out into the world. What was it like a year ago or more, which, yes. start, which started out as a competition, uh, which I lost in a very horrible fashion. We both decided to start writing books. And you wrote a book um, called The Iceberg Effect. There it is. And I would yeah. book because I have, since you came to my house, Everywhere I look, I'm still <laughs> out of all these weird nooks and crannies in my house. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're actually
0: running out in the uh, in the warehouse. If you wouldn't mind returning some so someone else can read it, that'd be great.
1: <laughs> when, uh, when COVID hit and we needed toilet paper, I had no other choice but to just use your books. <sighs> I know. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, uh, the book that you wrote, The Iceberg Effect, is really what we want to talk about today and you know i think that for for many people they just see the tip of the iceberg right they see right. people who have been successful after the fact and have sort of figured it out and they're just like oh well that's like it's not working for me or there's something that you know they they know how to do they're talented like blah 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 and you create an entire program to show people how to start from scratch yeah in the internet space Um, and, and I'm excited to dive into this with you today because I, I believe that while we have seasoned entrepreneurs in our audience, what you're going to talk about applies not just to the seasoned entrepreneurs who want to add a new stream of revenue to their business, but also to the people who are just starting and aren't exactly sure where to start or what to do or anything like that. So I'm going to be done hogging the mic here in a second. (laughs) So Um, good. Um, but my first question is what uh what exactly is the iceberg effect so that people sort of have a frame of reference going into this conversation?
0: Yeah, no, it's a great question because I think um just one of the things I've encountered actually. You're right, it is about a year since I sold my first copy of this book. So uh we're at that anniversary now. And one of the things that I have found actually, and I I didn't realize this. I guess I didn't research enough, but um, a lot of people reference like this iceberg effect type thing to something completely different. You know, a lot of times, you know, when I say that to people or I see it in my ad comments, they'll make an assumption that, oh, he's talking about, you know, getting motivated and this and that, putting in hard work. You know, because I don't know if you, you, you've perhaps seen James on, you know, those little images you see passed around on social media where it's like what the world sees. And it's like, you know, lots of money and chilling out on a beach. And then under the surface, it's like hard work, perseverance, heartache, pain. And I'm like, no, no, no. This is a, yeah, granted, I get that side of things, but the iceberg effect is actually the name that I've given to this sort of tangible shift that I experienced happening in the industry. So I've, I left my job now in 2009. So we're like 11 years I've been in this space, 16 in total uh, prior to that. And, and I've noticed some, some huge shifts that, perhaps really like, and I don't mean this in any egotistical way, but it's only through those years of experience that I I have the gift of seeing that shift. And, and one of those, sh- and, and the major shift has really ultimately been in how so many things have continued to increase in cost or expense, you know, the cost of getting traffic, the cost, you know, inflation and, and rising costs of, you know, salaries and all, all kinds of things, you know, costs are generally going one way in, in most areas. Um, but one and one of the things that I found is that the profitability of my business, you know, I I had to make changes, I had to keep up. And one of the things that I would go on to find is that, you know, when I was first beginning, like you've just said it perfectly there, what you see above the surface or as I would say like the tip of the iceberg is really just a small tiny fraction of what's actually going on in in a real successful profitable business. You know, and and unfortunately what I what I was sort of What I sort of experienced when I was starting out is, you know, as a beginner, you you see the tip of the iceberg, and you're trying to master the tip of the iceberg. What's just above the surface, and the reality is, is that as costs of getting traffic, cost of advertising, more time required to make things work, you know, if you're only focusing on that tip of the iceberg, unfortunately, in my experience, the profitability is getting to the point where it's it's either non-existent now if you're only focusing on what you see above the surface, or it's quite plainly, you know, being squeezed to the point where soon enough, it won't be. So
1: now in, in part, so just so I'm clear on this. Um, and so everybody else is, when you're talking about tip of the iceberg, are you talking about, you know, the, like the, the first sale that you make to a customer? Like, you know, cause, cause I agree with you, the cost of acquiring a customer today is it just continues to increase. Right. Right. So if the only thing that you have and I, I could be going on a completely different tangent. So if I'm...
0: No, no, it sounds like you're on the right path. I'm curious to hear what your perspective is. Well, because I'm
1: just seeing this from what, for you, what you're saying and the cost to acquire a customer is increasing. And so if you only have that initial thing that you're selling to somebody and your ads are designed to sell that or your traffic is designed to sell that and you don't have anything else behind it, you're, you're not only probably not going to make any money, there's a really strong chance that you're going to lose money.
0: Exactly, exactly. And you've you've caught on, you know, you've hit the nail on the head perfectly there. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. Well, I
1: do have the advantage of 29 copies of the book scattered throughout my house.
0: I mean, I could put you in an awkward spot and say, how many of them did you read? Or even how many pages (laughs) did you read? And it would probably be a big fat Uh -uh. (laughs) (laughs) so i'll drop off a few more until you get the hint
1: yeah no that's great thank you via drone would be good we're uh, (laughs) practicing social distancing here
0: (laughs) i thought you're saying so i'm going to practice shooting (laughs) also well
1: that's even a better idea
0: um so so yeah just coming onto the track with that then yes essentially what i'm talking about here is the fact of if you only have this this single thing this this tip of the iceberg offer or thing that you're promoting and nothing else is happening underneath that behind the behind the scenes beneath the surface then you're really going to struggle and i and i'll tell you the way that i first initially came across this this wasn't through selling my own products and courses because there was a time where i didn't have any you know in fact this is what you know my my book actually primarily focuses on is how i got started and how to go from zero to you know a level of like 3 to Five thousand dollars a month, you know, a full time Mm -hmm. income, and that was through affiliate marketing. You know, promoting other people's other businesses, products, and services, and getting a commission for every sale I would generate for them. And one of the things that this is where it came to light for me that actually what I'm seeing above the surface here as an affiliate marketer promoting products, that's only a fraction of what's going on. Because I started to, you know, one of the questions in my mind was, is that you know how can other people, business owners, pay? You know, in in digital products, you know, it's common to get up to you know fifty percent commission. I was thinking, mm-hmm. how can these people afford to give away half of the money? I've even seen people, and even done it myself more recently. I've seen people give away a hundred percent commissions <laughs> on, like, on. What stuff.
1: is this madness?
0: It's was like, how is this going on? Yeah. What is the trickery beneath? You know, behind the scenes, how can people say, "Sell my stuff, and I'll give you all the money"? It just doesn't make sense.
1: Are they just like incredibly generous? Like, what's <laughs> going on here?
0: This charitable donation I'm getting from you is, <laughs> yeah, is fantastic. Right.
1: I've set up an entire business, built products, created all this infrastructure so that you, my friend, <laughs> can make all of the money and I make none. How wonderful. What a great world we live right. in. <laughs> yeah. So, that no, I think that's a really good point because everybody's seen, or anybody who's been in the internet marketing space, at least, or been asked to promote something has seen this. And I think when you're first exposed to it, you're like, what is this witchcraft right, that's happening? Definitely. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, hundred percent. And then, you know, so so that question, that type of questioning in my ha- in my head arising, of course, led me to sort of dig deeper. Like, what's actually going on here? And you know, as time went on, you know, I was able to start making this full time income. I quit my job, and I started being able to attend. You know in-person events and seminars, masterminds, things like this and started to network and got to meet, you know, a lot of the people that were doing these things. Right. And what I came to realize is is that actually there was this whole concept of to the business owner, they were quite happy to give away 50 or even 100% commissions because beneath the surface, as I would say with this iceberg analogy, they had a whole what I would now call like the back end to their business. They didn't just have this one or two products that I was promoting, they didn't only have those, they were their ability to acquire new customers. And once they'd acquired them, that's where they would then you know, do further marketing and follow up to those people that I'd sent to them. And that's where they would sell their their membership sites or their high ticket coaching programs, their services, whatever it might be. And of course, what I would go on to then learn is, Traditionally, in affiliate marketing as a business model, you don't earn any money on any of that stuff. I I get paid that front end commission on that initial sale, and then yep. really nothing else that happens after there. And that used to work. And this is where I say I've experienced this shift because for a long time that was highly profitable. You know, I quit my job just doing that and just getting these you know lower priced you know smaller ticket commissions.
1: As, as an affiliate, you were promoting other people's products you were getting that front end you were getting the tip of the iceberg
0: i was getting the tip of the iceberg yeah. and making it work and even you know it even then carries on and this is you know this book isn't only for affiliate marketers you know i do get into then this second phase that i moved into and that was you know then learning how to package up my own knowledge my information into my own products and courses and You know, that was 2009, the first time I did that. And I had one single product. It was $197, but I had this one product, nothing else in the back end. No further upsells, no membership sites, nothing. I had one product. And again, I was able to make a full-time good income doing that. Now, as the years have gone on and I started venturing into how do I generate my own customers through paid advertising, things like this what I've witnessed is is that I reached a point where it was like there is very little profit in this anymore like whereas you know years ago I could sell one thing and make a great profit today Mm. it's no longer in that position in fact if I just tried to sell my book let's just take this if I just tried to sell this today I think it retails for like 20 books or whatever we give them away free now but say 20 books I could not do advertising on Facebook or YouTube or any other channel and aim to have a profitable business if this is all i had right you know and, and and my analogy from back in the day is that this would have been the tip of the iceberg this would have been a profitable business 10 years ago i could do that profitably yeah today no longer the case and without what's beneath the surface a back end further stuff in the business going on you know it's just a struggle these days and so that that is the iceberg effect it's this shift that means if you only focus on or, it, or benefit from or have What's above the surface, that initial thing, that tip of the iceberg, it's going to be a real hard game for you to play. And I I actually think, in in many industries, to make this applicable to a lot of people uh, listening, I actually think if your industry right now is still able to be profitable from the tip of the iceberg, if you're listening saying, Mm -hmm. I only have like one thing and I'm good, don't know what this crazy guy's on about, I promise you it is almost certain that there will be a point and I don't think it will be far away where your business is no longer profitable because of that rising cost in ads and the focus has to shift to that beneath the surface to the back end those future sales
1: yeah, absolutely well, I think you know fundamentally the uh, the one the one metric that every business owner needs to know and monitor and thoroughly understand is how much does it cost me to acquire a new customer right. Right? right and and like you're saying there there may very well be some businesses out there right now that can pay to acquire a new customer and still have profit margin after they've acquired that new customer but in a increasingly competitive environment right regardless of whether right. it's running ads on Facebook or YouTube or you know getting people to promote for you or whatever it is Everybody is competing for people's attention. Right. Yeah, and right. so it's it's it makes complete sense that if there are more and more people competing for attention, then the cost to find a new customer is going to increase. Right. Yes. And I don't and I agree with you. I don't think that anybody is insulated from this particular situation because it is a macro trend
0: right. that's
1: happening. And and so I think there's even now, a sort of a dividing line between people who understand this concept that you're talking about and start to readjust, get creative, figure out how to build the other part of the iceberg. And they're they're the ones that are going to be successful now and into the future. And then there are the other people who are just going to be like, oh, it doesn't work anymore. And those are the businesses that are going to fold up. And they're not going to live to see another day because they have a fundamental misunderstanding of how customer acquisition and the cost to acquire a customer works.
0: Yeah, definitely. And this is, uh, you know, I'm I'm not going to sit here and say that I've had this stuff figured out and clear in my head for a long, long time because it honestly, it hasn't, you know, we can have a great conversation about this, just like you were just saying there now. But it took me a long time to grasp this fact myself. But I tell you, I don't think there's been anything quite as transformational for either of my companies than learning that component and saying okay well the real you know we get so wrapped up in business don't we of like creating the best product or the best looking graphics the best website you know this compelling videos you know social media presence we get so wrapped up in all these different things and sure they can play a part of your strategy but that's the key is that they should play a part of your strategy and when all said and done your business is all about how to acquire customers to give value to those people and do so profitably, you know, and, and it is your, yeah. you you will absolutely get squashed out by the competition. And some people are naive enough to say, I don't have competition. My thing's truly unique. Like, no, that's, that's useless. That's ridiculous way of thinking. Well, and like, even
1: if that's the truth, it will, you will have competition of soon course. enough. Right? Of as course. soon as somebody sees something successful, like, Oh, I could do that too. I could do that better, faster, whatever. Of course. Of course, especially
0: if you're dealing with marketers because we we take everything and make it our own and we trash everything. We ruin the
1: whole world. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, so understanding this uh this fundamental principle is critical. I I would say one of the most critical things to really growing a successful business on or offline. Yeah. Regardless, regardless of, of what business you're in and how you're doing it. Um so so share with us Remind me remind me what the uh what what's the name of this show again? Uh uh what, what do we call this thing? What is that? Yeah, so with tips. Right. Oh, that's it. I'm, so go. give us some tips here on now that I understand this iceberg effect. I understand the advantage that I have as a business owner if I leverage this and the disadvantage if I don't leverage this. Speak to the people who want to take action who want to do something with this knowledge what can they do to start propelling themselves forward so they're not subject to the iceberg effect
0: yeah it's a great point so i think i think the first thing is is you've got to start with a bit of an end goal in mind. You know, you've got to understand the path of what you're looking to put people through. You know, and this can be, like I say, as an affiliate marketer promoting other people's stuff or of your own stuff, depending on where you're at right now when you're listening to this. Like, I think one of the biggest mistakes I made in the past, and you've heard me speak about this, James, was I use, I just thought about this thing I have to sell. And and that's because that's that was successful. That's that tip of the iceberg. I only had to think about that. That worked. But as this shift started to take place and I began to be, to understand it, what I failed to do was think about well, what is beneath the surface, because that's ultimately where I need to take people. You know, that front thing is almost just the starting gate. And if I haven't got a closely aligned congruency or match between what's there at the front that attracts people into my business in comparison to what I really need for them to be looking at and interested in and really desire in the back end beneath the surface of the iceberg, then you're not going to have the success there. So I think the first, the first step for people to kind of look at here is to just take a step back and, and look at what are you doing a second? Like, what are you promoting? What are you trying to sell? What are you doing? And let's just imagine that you can do that. Like, forget about the costs of doing it. Let's just imagine that whatever it is that you're doing, let's imagine you can do it. What is the potential outcome of you being able to do that thing? You know, if I'm promoting a $100 product and that's all I've got. There's nothing else that I can benefit from. Then the potential upside is I make a hundred dollars from getting a customer. Mm-hmm. You know, then I need then looking at that, I need to say, well, is it feasible or possible that I could do that and get people to purchase that profitably? You know, and 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 the first that would be the first question, because that's where, like I say, maybe potentially, depending on the offer, depending on your business, depending on your ability at what cost to get people to see that offer and take you upon that offer, all those are the variables you may potentially be in a position where you say, I believe I can do what I'm doing profitably as long as I can just get the right people to that thing. Now, what I would suspect that many people will find when they ask that first question is that actually, this, even if I get good at what I'm doing, I don't think there's going to be much of a profit here,
1: especially yeah. when you con- consider your time involvement as well, right? Well, and I'll give you a great example of this because so, uh, you know, so we're talking about what you've done in your business. So you guys know, and Dean, you obviously know, one of my businesses is an e-commerce company where we sell flowers. We sell roses, right? We ship those roses, uh, straight from our farm in Columbia, anywhere in the U S in two days. And they're the most beautiful roses that you've ever seen. They are
0: the best roses you have ever seen.
1: (laughs) Hence the name of the company world's best roses. However, when we, uh, when we acquire a new customer, we have the the cost of acquiring that customer. We have the cost of the roses themselves. We have the cost of shipping the yeah. roses. And then obviously there's sort of the, you know, the, uh, not in the cost of goods, but there's the overhead of the business itself. Right. And so right. for every new customer that we acquire, we really don't make a lot of money. Right. Right. Exactly. And, and our, our goal is, and this is where what you're talking about and what is absolutely crazy. It took me forever to understand this as well. Even though people told me 10, 10 12 times, I was like, uh, really <clears throat> my goal on acquiring that new customer is that all in we break even. Yes. Yeah. And why, why is that okay? Because I know that once people get these roses, then they're going to order from us two, three, four, five times in a year. Mm. And on every subsequent order, I'm not paying for that acquisition cost anymore.
0: Yeah, and so really- if,
1: that, if that acquisition cost is you know, 30 40 $50, I'm paying that once up front, but now they're on my email list and now we're communicating with them. We're getting them to buy again because the product is great and we're communicating with them. Then every other time that they order, I'm making an extra fifty dollars. Like whatever that cost to acquire them was, we're now making that in profit for every subsequent op- for, uh, order that they place with us. And I think that's what you're talking about here.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and it's funny, like you say, like we don't tend, most of us, we don't tend to see that straight away. We don't get it. It's like because that it is actually not conventional, is it? You know anything about conventional, traditional brick and mortar business? Say. You know, it's like every, you know, every sale has to be profitable. You know, you want to profit on every sale, every item that leaves this shop or store, we must make a profit margin on.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, and so this whole concept then of like this online thing where it's like, I'm going to sell this product and really aim. I got this golden outcome of breaking even, making no money, making no profit. You're
1: like, what? How how is that a good result?
0: Right. Yeah. That's like, hang on, you, you sound like a loser, but really it's like, no, now now watch what happens, you know. Yeah. And this is you know, and I think you you've you pointed out a really great thing for for people to just latch onto in this. And that really is is that, that break-even point. Like, and, and I think it'd be important just to focus on this a second for anyone that's if this is a new concept to you, this whole thing of like, I'm gonna pay and advertise and sell my product to break even. Like it, it sounds so strange when you say it, and I think that it the sounds key, like the stupidest
1: thing in the world when really you first does. hear it.
0: It really does. But you've just you've just pointed out the key in this, and that essentially comes back to the iceberg effect. Is that you said if I break even the first time they order the roses, that's a good result because what you've got there is a customer for free. Yeah, right. And that's that's the thing to point out to like James now has a customer for free, and not only that, he has a customer that has. Purchased from him, therefore proving that they're in a position to be interested in those products and able to make a purchase, because not everyone has the ability to buy online, right? Mm So you now have a qualified customer. Now, provided that you do what I know you'll do, James, you have these great products and it arrives and it has a shock and awe, wow factor to it. So now that customer gets that. So now they've cost you no money, you've broke even, you've got a customer, and now they've had a great experience with you. What is highly probable to happen? Next time that person thinks, oh, crap, it's my mother-in-law's birthday in two weeks. What do I get her? I know what I'll send her. The world's best roses. Yeah, They were great. The reception I got from my wife last time I gave them to her, like, I was a lucky guy that night. You know, it's like, <laughs> I'm going to do right. that again. Maybe not with the same outcome with the
1: mother-in-law. <laughs> <Let's hope not. laughs>
0: so like, that's the key there in in the beneath the surface. James can break even and not make a profit on the first time because He knows he's now got a repeat customer that will come back and make repeat purchases and excluding product costs. There now no ad costs, which means the profit margin now keeps going up. And that is really like you put yourself in a position where it gets very hard for others to compete with you because they're trying Mm -hmm. to make profit. And that's the great thing about the conversation we're having here now is that most of your competition if you move, especially if you move quickly, you're going to be ahead of them. They're not going to be able to catch you up because you will have defined, refined your process to the point where they can't spend what you can to get a customer. You know, you're so far ahead of them. They might be struggling, spent trying to spend $20 to get a customer because that allows them to be profitable. Right. But because you've got this whole picture in place, you thought about what happens after the fact, you might be able to spend $40, $50. Like, how can they compete? They can't. And that's yeah. where you, you really win the game.
1: That's exactly right. And it reminds me of the uh, the Dan Kennedy quote he who can pay to acquire them he who can pay the most to acquire a customer wins. Yes. Right. And it's such brilliant uh and succinct way of thinking about it. But but that's the that's the name of the game. And I feel like a lot of people when they look at marketing, they're like, oh, that guy is a successful marketer because, you know, his ads are really good or his offer is really good, or, you know, his copy or creative, whatever, all of those are important, but you can't be an outstanding marketer until you understand this concept.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what, you know, what's funny, like some years ago when I was first like delving into this more and I was looking at, you know, I was scoping out what other people are doing, you know, looking, looking at their products, going through their processes you know, and I'd hear about people that, you know, generating tens of millions. And I think there's got to be a big secret to this. There's got to be like, something's got to be happening here. And the, the amount of times where I'd like scope them out and look at their stuff. And I would think like that video doesn't even play. There's a technical glitch on their <laughs> website and that button's like over the side and it should be central. That's not what I've been told you need to do. And I'd find all these flaws and I was looking for all these little bits and I'd be shocked that how can they be getting these results when everything doesn't look, perfect on the outset that tip of the eye above the surface like I'm not seeing the level of perfection that I think or would assume somebody of your size would be doing and what I realized like what they've really focused on is the actual important parts like how to bring those customers back what is happening beneath the surface how do I do that part as effectively as possible so that the more customers I now pour in to this process the better everything grows the more I can scale
1: absolutely and and then the other metrics to kind of pull this back right we've talked about the one metric of really understanding your cost to acquire a customer Yeah. the, and the other the other one is what is the lifetime value of one of my customers right because that's where yeah. that's where the real profits are made is after that initial purchase and i uh, i don't remember who uh who said it could could have even been Todd Brown when we had him on here not that long ago or Right. Just something else that he said. But um he I think if you're not breaking even on the front end, it means you're not pushing hard enough. Right? Mm-hmm. Meaning, meaning the goal should be how hard can we push our marketing and our ads and all of those things and get to break even, right? Because I think there's going to be people and I've I've had I've had funnels where uh you know we've been selling something on the front end, the tip of the iceberg and making profit. And everyone's like, oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. I'm like, obviously we've got more dry powder left and we can push harder. Right. Yeah. Because if we do that, then I know we're going to have more customers coming in for free, like you talked about, and we're going to be able to make more money on the back end.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think like, you know, like I, I think the, fir- the first sort of tip there that we was we was getting into was this idea of then, you know, people sort of going away from the show and sitting down and saying, like, what am I doing? What am I promoting? What am I trying to sell? Uh, and what what is the potential behind that? You know, and no. And, and you've got to have you've got to have clarity on what the end goal is. I think that's a mistake that I made in the past was like I used to be so obsessed on focusing on that initial bit. That first piece, that front end, the tip of the iceberg above the surface and not really giving as much too much attention to what happens after that, because I was just thinking like, well, if I can get those sales, get those customers, you know, that's what we're we've got to do first. Right. We think to ourselves, well, I can't do anything else unless I make that first sale. But the problem is, and like I say, this is where that whole iceberg you know, analogy comes from, is that with the shifts, with the continual rise of cost to get a customer. It, the money has to be made beneath the surface, you know, in a lot of cases now, you know, it really does. That's where the profit is going to lie. So I think everybody has to get clarity on what is the end goal here? What is the big outcome? You know, the outcome shouldn't be to get customers. You know, that that's, that's probably not going to be profitable, like we're saying here. So if that's the outcome, if that's your big thinking, I just need more customers. Like, you better make sure you've got everything else in order if that's your primary focus to get more customers. You know, and I've seen that. You know, we have spoke recently in the past about, you know, my, my wife's cosmetics company. We have the ability to get 100 customers a day. We're doing it, but it's not that profitable mm-hmm. because we haven't yet developed out a full range of products behind that. Yeah. You know, so if just getting customers is your only focus, you've got to make sure everything else is in place to make that possible.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I and I think that I've seen you know because I I work with lots of entrepreneurs who are at various stages of growth, and I think the way that I've seen it is most businesses fall into one or two categories. They either have an incredibly successful front end of the business without all the back end stuff that we're talking about, yeah. or they have a really good back end of their business with a small, slow trickle of new people coming in. Right. And, uh, and that's okay. Cause I think, you know, you, you got to start somewhere, right? Right. right. And it's like, start with whatever works for you, but recognize that the only way to have a whole and complete business is to have these two halves working in concert with each other. Um, you know, great, great example. And we're, uh, you know, in our in our marketing agency. Now we're taking them on as a client, but you know, uh, uh, Stacy and Paul Martino.
0: Oh, right. Yes. Right.
1: right. They have, they have a, uh, a end in their business that is enormously successful. The, you know, they have crazy amounts of repeat purchase, crazy high, uh, ticket, just like raving fans, like all that right. stuff. And and so I know that when we put some front end offers on that business, like we're, we're gonna scale that thing so fast, it's gonna be crazy. <laughs> right. Right. And uh and and that's you know, that's kind of what you're looking for. So I would say if you know, if you're at a place right now where you're just starting out, choose choose one or the other. I've I've done it both ways, right? I talked about the Rose Company where we've we started with a great front end. And then we've, you know, consistently worked to improve our back end, our lifetime value and repeat purchase. Um, and then in my coaching and consulting business, you know, we have we have a great back end. Like our programs are really great, they're they're valuable, all that other stuff. And so what we've been working on is building front end offers to bring more people in to those things. And so start start wherever you are, but right. recognize that the the only way to get the complete iceberg. Yes. Is to do both of these things that we're talking about.
0: Definitely. Because what we're essentially saying is how to, how to make your business as profitable as possible, you know, because that's ultimately what we're getting at here. We're not saying only with, let's say you only, like you just said with Stacey and Paul, they've got this incredible high end part of their business. Like that would be to some businesses, like that is the back end of the business and what they're like, like, like you just say, if they now connect that already profitable pie to this front-end piece to bring more qualified customers into that, it just blows up. And likewise, you know, like we just said, the example with the cosmetic side, we have a small profitable business, small profit margin right now with what we do. And now we know we've got that dialed in hundreds of customers a day. So it is, I dare say, almost certain that if we develop additional high quality products and offer those to our existing base of hundreds of new customers a day, the profit just keeps increasing now yeah and so that's ultimately what we're getting at here is the 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 most profitable setup for your business is t- is to not think oh i can't get started unless i have all of this based on what i just heard those guys say what we're saying is is that you have to understand the full piece the understand that there is the tip of the iceberg above the surface stuff then yeah. there is beneath the surface what goes on after the fact you know it's front end tip of the iceberg getting customers in beneath the surface the you know the bottom of the iceberg is what we now do with those customers to further add value to them and continue this relationship whilst further increasing the profits in my business and if you can have the ultimate setup that is bringing customers in to a profitable beneath the surface back end to your business like you can just scale that thing up and try and reach as many people as you possibly can and do it highly profitably. And there's nothing better than that feeling, is there? Like we've we've probably all been in situations, James, where like you've just said, it's like, oh God, I can get customers, but it like, I'm just not seeing the bank balance change. Or in fact, it's going the yeah. wrong way. Yeah. Or it might be like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I've had a few people in my high-end program now and it's transformational. The testimonials I get are like, Groundbreaking. I just wish I could get more people into that. I don't know how. And that's a clap. Both of those are examples of you've got half of what you need.
1: Yes, exactly. And it's
0: like now, just bring that other piece in, whether it's the tip of the iceberg or beneath the surface, and just watch your business grow.
1: Yeah, and you've got to you've got to just recognize that there are these two important pieces. You know, I I worked with somebody a few years ago, and all she was concerned about was the front end, and I was yeah. like the fr- like the front end is working. Like, take it easy. Like, calm down with right. the front end. Like, the back end of this needs to be built because, like, if you just keep, you know, there's no point if you're not going to build a back end and resulting in profits in the business. There's no point in just continuing to grow and scale a front end indefinitely. It's right. sort of, it's sort of like lunacy, right? Exactly. It's like why, why am I bringing these customers in? At break even, just because I want to say that I have thousands (laughs) of customers, like that doesn't do anybody any good. Like, yes, maybe you get your product out there, you might get the sort of like, uh, you know, random repeat purchase. But unless you're being intentional about it, unless you're giving them a clear path right into, you know, bring Stacy and Paul back into this, um, you know, they have a whole term for this—the yellow brick road, right? right? What is what is the yellow brick road that you're taking your customers on? To go from point A to Z to get them where they want to go, right? Because the truth is, unless you're doing something that's so narrowly focused, the thing that you're selling on the front really isn't solving all of your customers' problems. Right. Right? So why not continue to solve their problems? Exactly. In fact, if you get it really
0: right, I always think that one product that you sell should solve one problem and create another. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's like, oh, I can help you make money. Now you need to know what to do with that money. Now you right. need to know how to get more customers. You know, now you need to know this. Like, so I've solved one problem and I've created another. I I've always loved that approach. It's like, okay, now I can provide more value to you because you've got a new problem now, a good problem, but one that needs solving.
1: Well, I think I think that's a really good point, and I want to make sure people don't feel like what you're saying is uh, contrived because it's not. Because every every problem that you solve always creates another problem right there's there's nobody on this planet who has a problem- free existence Ze- yeah. exactly zero people right <laughs> and and so you know a great example for this is my uh my hiring and managing programs right so we say hiring like a boss if you need to know how to go out and find great people to bring on your team this is the system that's gonna enable you to do it right that's right. the first thing that we sell. Guess what happens as soon as you have people on your team? Now you're like, uh-oh, how do I manage these people, right? And and I didn't create the problem of not right. knowing how to manage the people. I help you solve one problem. And the next logical problem that I already know because I'm an expert in this area, just like everybody listening is an expert in their product or service, I already know the next thing that's going to have an issue for you is you're going to wait, wait a second, I just hired five people and now I don't know what to do with them. How do I make the most of them? How do I get, you know, all this stuff, right? So, so it's not even just that we're creating that next problem. That next problem is going to happen no matter what. Like if you are effective in helping your customer solve one problem, they are going to create, they are going to run into the next logical problem. So just be there yeah, ready for them with a solution to that problem and you know what, after you're done, you know, managing people and figuring that you've got the next problem and, and it just goes on. There's no point at which you're like, okay, I'm done having problems. Like in, in, in relationships, this is true in health. This is true. In business this is true. Like everybody's going to have the next problem. So just, that's a great way to think about how you architect your product suite is what's the next problem that these people are going to run into once I help them solve this one.
0: Definitely, definitely, and I, I could give a great example of that right now. So, you know, one of one of my clients, uh, a guy called James. Funny enough, uh, he's he must he, be awesome. Yes, pretty awesome. Apparently, um, <laughs> he's coming to me right now with a new problem. And it like when we say create a problem, like you've you've just worded it even better, like way better than I did. It's like you're not creating the problem. It is a the problem is a like a by result, a result of them having successfully solved the problem you just helped them with. Yes. You know, so like, for example, let's take this guy, uh, James, one of my clients been messaging me today saying, you know, I'm really interested now to learn how to create my own products. You know, so rewind about a year last December, he posted in our group, he would bought our program and been in there a while. But, you know, typical sort of beginning mistakes, you know, not really getting to grips with things and then jumping off, trying all different things. But about a year ago, he came in our group and he, he just made this post. I've still got a picture of it today because the story is fascinating. He was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. I just got home. I'd arrived at my day job this morning and been told the company's gone into uh, insolvency, into liquidation, bankruptcy. Wow. He's like, we've all just been told to pack our stuff and come home. And he's like, obviously, I'm majorly panicked here. I'm about to get married. Um, me and my wife are renting a place. I've got no income source. I've Obviously, I've got to try and find a new job. Um, but." can anyone give me any advice how to start doing this affiliate marketing stuff? Mm. Now, fast forward to today, because I always say like he hit his rock bottom, like now he had to figure it out, right? For a year or so before it was like, oh, it'd be nice to do this. Now it was like, I have to figure it out. And fast forward to today, 12 months later, he's now saying, can you show me like, I've got this new problem because I should fill in the blanks there. He never had to go back to a job. You know, he's averaging He's making a full-time income let's just say that so he's making a full-time income now and he spent the last year he's learned how to generate traffic get people to purchase products you know do so profitably and now he wants to take that knowledge and package it up to sell that to further grow his business so now he's got this new problem and it's fascinating for me to hear the new problems because he's now saying well how do i how do i create a course You know, like I've learned all this stuff now. I'd love to sell products like you do, Dean. How do I take what I know and package it up? Mm -hmm. You see, so I didn't lead James into our problem a year ago saying, "Ah, well, come on in. I'm going to I've got a whole host of problems to create for you. Come on in. You know, what I was focused on is helping him with this one problem he has, how to start generating an income online as an affiliate marketer. Now his problem is I'm doing that successfully. I'm my own boss. How do I now take what I've learned, package it up into a course like you are and sell that? So now what are his problems? How do I create a course? How do I sell that course? How do I deliver that course? He's now got a whole host of problems. And guess what? I will have a solution to help that guy carry on. And I predict in future his next problem will be I'm selling loads of my own products. I'm getting all these customers. My support is blowing up. I need help. I can't do this on my own anymore. How do I change this situation? And guess what? At that point, I say, oh, James, I have this guy that's got that problem I used to have that you helped me solve. Like, and now there we go. Now you, James, now you have a problem. Now you have a solution to help him. How do you hire somebody? How do yeah. you train somebody? Now he's got a new set of problems. So that journey can always keep going if you're open to those opportunities.
1: Well, and I think you know that's an interesting point that you bring up. Like when he gets to that stage, you'd say, "Hey, you know, go James, go meet James, right?" Right. And and so, but what this highlights is not every stage of this journey do you have to have your own solution to that problem, right? right? Oh, because right. because and this is this is the beauty of. You know, creating an affiliate network and and having people that you trust and know that they can actually help solve that next problem. Because in that case, you'd just be like, okay, I've got the tip of my iceberg, which is this. Then I've got the next thing that I'm going to solve once they uh, solve their first problem. But once that problem is solved, I don't have any in-house programs or courses or or anything like that. But I know somebody who does this. I'm going to refer to that person. And I'm going to make affiliate commission on that.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Right? And and now, and now your your palette of products and your repertoire has dramatically expanded because you're not only limited by the products and services that you have, you can build the bottom part of this iceberg through people that you trust to help solve whatever problem is coming down the line for people.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a that's a great point. I'm glad you mentioned it like because I, I I actually didn't think of that side of things is that, you know, coming back to what we've just said and you know some of those tips we were giving on understanding the journey you're putting people through, what's the end goal. You know, some people I know will listen to this and say, "But I only have one thing right now and you know, oh, I can't develop something faster." And I think you've just, you know, we've we've sort of accidentally really hit on a, a a great thing there is it doesn't have to be your thing. Like you don't personally have to always be the one solving the problem. You yeah. can, and this is how I started life in business. You can connect people with a problem to products or services that provide a solution that aren't yours and get compensated for that connection. Yeah. You know, and that is ultimately affiliate marketing, you know, so that is that is where the, the focus of the book kind of goes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, depending on your strategy and everything, you may choose to continue to do that. Or you may say, you know what? I think we've got a unique way of solving that next problem. So we're going to create our own thing and then we'll start selling our own thing. Right. But, but the limited thinking up front suggests that you have to have all of it figured out on your own. When in fact you should be thinking about how am I most customer centric? And I know the next thing that this person's going to need. So how can I, how can I continue to stay a couple steps ahead of them in terms of my own product portfolio Or my referral slash affiliate portfolio.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you one thing I just want to just want to mention on that, because I know some people, especially if you're not done it before. I, I I've come into contact or, you know, interacted with people in the past that have a weird kind of mental block about sending their customers to somebody else. You know, this whole thing of affiliate marketing. Some people have a real hard time with it, especially if they're already kind of in a position where they've got their own products and courses. You think, you know, and I understand the viewpoint, it's almost like, well, you know, I've bought these customers in. I want, you know, I've sold them my thing. Like, why would I send them off to somebody else? And we almost have this fear that if I refer my customers to someone else, they're going to leave me forever. And that's it. I've ruined the relationship. Mm-hmm. But actually, if you always do things in the right way, and to me, the right way is very, very simple. Treat people how you would like to be treated yourself. Only recommend or, you know, endorse something or somebody because it actually genuinely is in the best interests of your customer and not only about money you can make, as long as you do that, one of the things you will actually find is making referrals strengthens the relationship because you will be remembered as the person that connected them. You yeah. know, if you, you know, there would be people that, you know, friends of mine could name right now and say, oh, how did you guys meet? And I'll say, oh, you know, my friend James introduced us. I'm so grateful he did. You know, I've never known you if it wasn't for James. Like so who do I remember? It's not even that other person you've referred me to. I remember you as the one that sent me that person. You know, yeah. you made that connection that added value to me, that helped me. I'm grateful to you and actually now I'm even more receptive to anything else you might show me in future because I now have trust in you because of the good that you've done for me in 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 that sense.
1: Yeah, ab- absolutely. And and you can't you can't possibly be expected to solve all of the problems for all of the people. No. Right. So it's ridiculous to think that you, that should be an ambition of any kind. <laughs> You're and, <not> good. <laughs> yeah. Cause like stay, stay in your lane, but you know, so, so for example, you know, one of the, uh, one of the people that I, I refer to people to when they need ads is, uh, Jessica who we had on the show not right. that long ago. Yes. Right. And I, I don't, you know we have our own internal ad team, but we don't run ads for other people at the moment. Right. and And so I have confidence in her ability to do it. And it doesn't take anything away from me. In fact, if anything, when I'm referring my clients to her, so we build you know we we do have a marketing agency where you know we build funnels and we do all that sort of thing. But when we build it, I'm like, okay, we got to make sure there's traffic here. Right. And so it's it's a win for a client, it's a win for me, and it's a win for Jessica, because now, now we've shortcut the process in getting a result, and that's what people are paying for. I think that's the thing that a lot of times it's difficult to remember, oddly enough. People are paying for the result. They're not paying for your product. They're not paying for your service. It's like, how can you get them the result as fast as possible? That's what they want. Like exactly. all of the things being equal, people aren't like, no, 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 I'd rather the result takes longer and is not as good as long as like you do it for me or, right. it, or it looks this way. Everyone's like, no, everyone's impatient. They want it yesterday and they want it to be awesome. So if you have people that you can do that with, just plug into that and then and then it's it's a great deal structure. Everybody wins. Yeah,
0: 100%. And, and the great thing with, uh, again, just on that side of things is like, when I first started doing it and I compare it to say like today, selling our own products and all the things that we do today, it's some of the easiest money. And I don't mean it in like oh, quick, easy money, but it's some of the easiest money you can make because you don't have any of the fulfillment. You don't have to deal with the customer support on those things. So as long as you're referring great high value quality products or solutions, it's a, uh, it's a fantastic, it's a fantastic way. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, so, Man, we are uh, we are nearing the end of our episode.
0: Here. I just realized realize the time. I didn't even notice. I'm I just know. I've, uh, for the first time.
1: It's remarkable to me that I could stomach, you know, sitting here with you for as long as I have.
0: Four years. You thought I was from Canada. <laughs> yeah.
1: Wait a second. You're not. <laughs> okay. Um. So so in terms of just like some concrete, actionable, immediate next steps in two or three minutes or less what do you think the major takeaways here are are here for for people who are listening
0: yeah i think the uh, i think the major takeaways actually the equations that you said ultimately if everybody can just fixate on those what does it cost me to get a customer and what is a customer worth to me and if you can have a continual focus to keep a reasonable you know work towards keeping a good acceptable reasonable cost to acquire a customer Whilst having even more of a focus on how do I increase the value of that customer to my business, if you obsess in those areas and more obsessing in the how do I increase the value of my customer as opposed to how do I squeeze every penny out of my ad cost to get that mm-hmm. down a if you focus heavily in that area, your business should head in a, in a much, much more positive direction. And unfortunately, like the people that fail to focus on that, because... Perhaps you are profitable right now, and you're doubting what I'm saying. The ad, the cost to acquire a customer will always continue to increase. Like especially with how I honestly think the global situation that's been going on, or still is going on, it has yeah. accelerated the 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 evolution of more people coming online. And with more people coming Absolutely. online, fantastic, we have more people to advertise to. But guess what? You also have more competition, which yeah. will drive up. It's supply and demand when it comes down to advertising and traffic. The more competition, you are competing with those other advertisers. And so your costs will always keep going up. And if that's going slow for you right now, great. You're one of the lucky ones. I I used to be able to pay 30 cents for a visitor. Today, I pay about $3.50 for someone to click my Facebook ad. Yeah. I, I can't stop that growth. I can't stop. I can't say, oh, time machine, go back, please. This is horrible. I don't <laughs> like it.
1: You For could right. ride your horse. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe you haven't tried that.
0: I pick up some good speed on that thing. It's almost yeah. like back to the future. It's like just run and go. Right.
1: 88 and- miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. There's a little <laughs> flux capacitor on your saddle. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I think I think you're absolutely right. And I'm glad uh I'm glad we're able to have, have this conversation today. Um, because I feel like if there's one major topic that people who are selling things in general Need to understand that is so grossly misunderstood. This is it. Um, so I hope uh, I hope that you guys have gotten a ton of value out of this today. If people want to pick up a copy of the iceberg effecting, uh, where's the best place for them to go for that?
0: Uh, they can go to icebergeffectbook.com. dot
1: iceberg com. You can uh, read more about what we're talking about there. And uh, and so drop us some comments. Um, send us a message. If you've gotten anything of value here, we appreciate you guys being here. Just throw um,
0: in the James. Just insult him
1: in the comments. <laughs> That's good. Wh- whatever it is, right? Good, bad, ugly, or otherwise. Uh, thank you guys for being here. We're going to wrap up the episode right now. This is James B. Friel signing off with my esteemed co-host, Mr. Dean Holland. And we will talk with you guys later. See you, everybody. Right. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipsshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to go from being a hustling entrepreneur to an effective CEO, capable of running your company without being stuck in the day-to-day, visit me for free training and resources at jamesbeefreal.com. Our theme music is Happy, Happy Game Show by Kevin MacLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.